All right, mama, you started your business because you're great at what you do and you want to do it on your terms. Hello, freedom and flexibility. But you're a couple of years in, handcuffed to your biz, more overwhelmed than ever. You feel like you're not doing anything well at work or with your fam. If that's you, stay tuned. I'm Ridhu Parikh, mom of two, wife of one, former professional organizer turned productivity pro, here to help women like you with growing businesses stop drowning and start controlling all your demands and distractions. Welcome to Productivity on Purpose. Hello, friends. Welcome back. I am so excited for today's episode. I cannot wait for you to meet my new friend and colleague, Elise Archer. Girls, this she is a badass. I can't wait for us to have this conversation. We're talking all things mindset and limiting beliefs, and more importantly, how to get over them and increase your sales and empower yourselves. Elise Archer empowers entrepreneurs and sales professionals to revolutionize how they sell, explode their income, and achieve quantum leaps in all areas of life. Now, come on now, who does not need a little bit of that? She is the founder of the Superhuman Selling, and she sells movement, and I'm so excited about our conversation today. Thank you for being here, Elise. Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. This is so fun. I love your energy. I just, I love it so much. And I could tell this is going to be an incredible conversation. So thank you again so much for having me. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm so pumped on so many levels. So when we're talking this, it's the beginning of January. It's the beginning of the new year. This might might be out for a few weeks, but I I know we both have that energy, right? They're like, oh, we just got back from vacation time. We're rejuvenated. We're all excited about the new year. And so for me, this conversation is especially just relevant right now because I can feed on your energy too. And I know so many of us, at the beginning of the year, we're reassessing. We're kind of recalibrating. We're like, what? You know, what are my goals? What do I want to achieve? What are the bad habits I want to leave behind from last year? And then what are the great habits that I want to continue to grow this year? And so help us with that today because I know that you are so passionate about helping women rewire their brains and really get and conquer these limiting beliefs. And it just feels like the perfect time for us to get into this. So the first thing I would love for everyone to hear a little bit, and you have to hear this part. It's so amazing. I want to hear a little bit about your background, but specifically this. I know that you were sort of stuck in the same income level for 10 years, and then you had this breakthrough experience and you turned your annual income into your monthly income in just six weeks. So how the heck did you do that? And how can we get a little bit of that too? (laughs) Yes. So the moment my life really changed, um, I, I was actually standing over a diaper pail in my, he was then four months old (laughs) in my son's room. And it was my 35th birthday. And in past years, I had made wishes for things like, I want to make more money. I want to live a different lifestyle, et cetera. And this year was different because this year, again, my first son was four months old. I had been up late night nursing him and I was reading uh, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying by Bronnie Ware. Have you ever read that book? I have it, but I know of it. And I, I feel like I've read the summary of it. So I don't know. Yeah. And it's like, but you can kind of get, you know, the yeah. gist of it, right? And I, 
it, for for whatever reason, one of these top regrets had really um, had really stuck with me, which was I wish I had had the courage to live a life that was true to who I am versus what everyone else, what I thought everyone expected of me. And as I had been reading that late night, I had really started to evaluate my life, which you kind of do when you're up late at night with no one around except a four-month-old and you're, you're thinking about everything. And really for the past 10 plus years leading up to that, I've been living a life that I would say was good in so many ways outside looking in, like you know, doing doing well financially, I would make low six figures in business. I was um, I'd gotten out of corporate and started my own business and was successful there. I was I had a happy marriage. I was remarried after having been in a not so great relationship previously, um, and life was good. Like life was good, but there was this yearning within me for something greater. And I think many of us can maybe relate to that where it's like, we've checked the boxes, we've done the things, we've followed the path that's supposed to lead to happiness and success. And again, maybe we've built up a level of success that other people outside looking in would say, wow, you've got it all, you've got it made. But there's this this aching inside of you, this desire, this, this almost gap where there's something in you that's like, I haven't expanded to my fullest potential. There's something greater for my life. And so my prior to this, this pivotal moment, not pivotal, but pivotal moment standing over the diaper pail, <laughs> I've been working with a mentor several weeks ago and she took me through an exercise um, called your five dream lives. And I think this was a Kathy Heller original exercise where essentially you go back to what are the, if you could just wipe the slate clean and start over fresh what are the five lives that you would love to live? And things started coming out of me for whatever reason that I had, hadn't had thought about for a long time, or I had written off as this is going to be for somebody else, but not for me. And um, again, at the time, like I was running a successful sales coaching business, had a nice house, uh, again, looking on the outside, like everything was complete, but there was much bigger things that came out of me in this exercise. And it was things like, be a global philanthropist, um, create a, a global media brand, um, sing publicly. And I hadn't sang publicly since I'd been sexually assaulted years earlier in college. And something just kind of clicked with those exercises. There was also like retire my husband from his work so he could pursue his passion of going to medical school. And something just clicked where I realized that I had been waiting for someone outside of me to come tell me that I was good enough or to give me permission or that it was time. And I'd, I'd almost been, I, I, this phrase kind of came afterwards, but putting my life on layaway where I said, oh, I'll do that later. I'll do that later. I'm just going to stay kind of in the comfort zone that I'm in right now, especially with a new little baby and all of that. And something in my soul just woke up where I realized no one is coming to tell me I'm good enough. No one is coming to give me permission. No one is coming to say it's time. And couple that with reading this top five regrets of the dying and realizing how much I had been living life for other people and kind of still playing small and acting in fear. When the clock turned on my 35th birthday and I was holding that diaper over your pail, I made a different wish. 
and I made a wish to experience the fullness of who I am. And nothing earth shattering happened. There wasn't lightning or (laughs) a voice from the heavens. But in that moment, I made a commitment and I said, whatever the nudge is to start living life on a grander scale, doing things in a bigger way, stop hiding. I'm ready. I'm ready. I don't know how much time I've got left here, hopefully quite a bit, but I'm ready. So ask and you will receive, right? And and several days later, I was um, listening to a podcast. It was a power of podcasting, right? Yes. Uh, from a, a woman who I just followed loosely who specialized in helping moms become millionaires. And when I had gone through some of those dream lives and thought about what I really wanted to do, I realized low six figures isn't going to cut it. Like mom was going to make some more money than <laughs> this and I got to elevate and and so I was listening to the podcast and she says, Oh, I've got a spot um open for a private coach for a private coaching client. So I'm like, okay, universe, like I'll I'll bite right. get on a discovery call. It's yes, 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 this is a great fit. And then I find out that the investment for six months of coaching is fifty thousand okay. dollars. And again, it's all relative, right? It's yes. neither yes. big or small for me at the time. Mm-hmm. It was huge because it was half of what I had made the year prior. There was something in my knowing that I had to do it to get so out of my comfort zone because I didn't even know how I was going to pay for the coaching, quite frankly. Um, And I was petrified and I was scared and I was radically uncomfortable. But again, there was that knowing in my soul that I will do whatever the nudge is to move forward and finally break free into that fullest expression of who I am. So find a way to put the deposit on a credit card. Um, and start immediately facing every limiting belief I'd ever had about money, worthiness, sales, what's possible for my life. And I went into about a three-week period. It sounds all um, rosy when it's like, oh, in six weeks, you turned your annual income into your monthly income. Well, guess what? Three of those weeks were spent in intense fear, intense self-doubt, wondering, did I just put my family in financial jeopardy? I'm the breadwinner. Now I've got to start showing up differently. My mentor was having me sing publicly on social media. She was having me launch new programs. It's so out of my comfort zone. It was so uncomfortable. But within six weeks of making that decision to stop playing small and confront every limiting belief I'd ever had about who I was and what was possible I I went on to go from having $100,000 years to $100,000 months. Sales was suddenly so much easier because I was showing up as a different person as well, so much more confident and empowered. And what I will say is that the inner always precedes the outer. So I love how you focus on Liza because that really is 98% of it in my belief. Um, And the transformation inwardly had to happen first before the external could happen. So Please, t- I know it's a long answer, but hopefully it gives some context and please take that wherever you want to take that. Um, but that's a bit of the transformation and it was so big and happened so fast. I, I could not believe it. It didn't seem real. Yeah. And a few years later, I still look back and I'm like, that still doesn't seem like it should be real, but it, it is and it was. Um, and it's it's a very, very powerful shift we can all make to step into a greater level of our power if we just decide to. Okay. I love that. That's an incredible story. And I love just the the emotional kind of roller coaster you just took us through because I think anyone listening can can relate, right? Like you can just relate to the, the I just feel like there is this this 
nudge. There's just something always inside us. It's like we can go a, for a, a level further, 10 levels further. You know, there's something there, but, but it's the how. And then, and then all the, you know, your, um, the brain comes in and tells you all the reasons why you can't, and it's not realistic and it's not going to work with the family and all your, you know, all your circumstances. So I know it was a super fearful time for you to make those, make that plunge and, and do all the things. What was, what do you think got you to the place where you could do it? What What is it that, was it just a, I'm going to challenge myself kind of mentality? Was it because I'm paying someone this much money? Was it like, I'm just fed up with how things are? Like, what do you think are like those things that made you, that could get you over there? Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a great question because I think for anyone listening who is, I, I think complacency is dangerous. I'll put it that way. I think complacency and, and satisfaction is dangerous. Not that we don't want to be grateful. I'm huge on gratitude, but I think we are wired to expand. So if we are ever not actively pushing ourselves out of our comfort zone to expand, we start to get complacent. We start to decline. We're not excited and energized for life anymore. So I've always naturally kind of known that and um, and led to that. And, and still with this nudge to make an investment that was half of what I had earned the whole year before and I hadn't been saving it, um, it was petrifying and it did feel terrifying. And I I wrestled with it and I I I would not encourage anyone to do this because I believe when you have an intuitive, excuse me, an intuitive hit, your job is to act on it as quickly as possible, knowing that intuition will never be logical. It won't. Right. Uh, but it will always lead you in the right direction. But it wouldn't go away. I mean, that's the biggest thing. After yeah. I, it was this inner knowingness, and I, I'm sure you can relate and your listeners can as well. Our listeners can as well here where those things that just won't go away and we tell ourselves, oh, there's another time. It'll, or it's not a logical time to do it. I would go back and do what, um, do I think it was Tony Jones, a, a singer who I've had perform at some of my events and call it like check your receipts. Like look back at the times when your life really quantum leaped. And was it, or you had some of the best things in your life happen to you? Was it because you were playing it safe and playing small and following a 20-step plan where you saw the full right. time? Or was it those moments of intuition and like, man, this doesn't make sense? This feels uncomfortable. This isn't something like the old me would do, but I'm going to stretch and push myself. And it's that inner knowing and that trust. And and I think to your point before earlier about, I think there's a few things. One with the money, yes. When we, if we don't have something on the line to force us to change, we're usually not going to change. And you could fool yourself into thinking you will, but this is the power of coaching. And what what you and I both do is when someone is, it's easy to, it's easy to listen to a podcast. It's easy to read a book. It's easy to do something that's comfortable. But unless you are invested to a point where you, it's going to be painful not to change, yes. you're probably not going to stretch the way you really need to in order to grow. And then I think the other piece I want to add into what you said is when we don't know the how, right? And that, and we can say, well, I can't, I can't achieve that goal yet because I don't see the how. Mm-hmm. Any goal that you set that's actually worth achieving, you're not going to know the how to. You're not. Uh, because if you already knew the how, you would have already done it. So the way, the how is to decide and to say yes. And then even from a neuroscience standpoint, once you say yes, 
you, the whole job of your subconscious is to go to work making your decisions and your beliefs your reality. So the how is revealed, but not until you actually decide. And it needs to be in some sort of a burn the ships, this is happening type of moment if you're looking to really transform an area of your life where you felt stuck or stagnant for some amount of time. Absolutely. Love it. Yeah. So do you feel like now at that point, so now we're six weeks later, you've kind of hit that 100000 I think it was $100,000 mark. You're like, is this a fluke? Is this a fluke right now? Um, is this chance? <laughs> or is am I actually seeing my brain getting rewired because I'm building that confidence? Or like walk us through then that point. So now you're there and now what's happening? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So it was really interesting because once it, ha- I hear people will, and I may ask you the same thing. My clients ask me this all the time. Like, how do I know that what I'm looking to create or what I'm looking to manifest, the goal I'm looking to achieve is actually on its way. Mm-hmm. And the way that I look at it is when you think about it, it feels natural to you. It hasn't happened yet. We have to remember we create everything in time lag. So there is a period of time from which your subconscious accepts an idea to when you will see it happen in your physical reality. And there will be some sort of action steps typically that need to be taken along the way. But it's not the busyness, the hustle, the push, the force. It's not just more of the same of what you've been doing. It's usually a stretchier, more productive, more um, more expansive type of action that the old you wouldn't have been taking. So when it happened, I had gone through kind of those those three weeks of a lot of self-doubt, a lot of fear, a lot of questioning, a lot of grappling with the feelings of unworthiness that I realized had been running the show for me for so long. Because I would look at people who had done the things that I wanted to do, like the things that came up in the dream lives, you know, create and and build a a seven-figure plus business, create a, a media company, retire my husband, do those things. And whenever I thought about it before, I would feel unworthy, not even consciously. Mm-hmm. But once I, I learned, I started really studying neuroscience and spirituality and belief systems during this period of time. And I, I started to recognize that feeling in my body of unworthiness. And what I've learned since is that your level of income will never exceed your level of self-worth. So I was consciously doing work and a lot of it was meditations like Dr. Joe Dispenza's meditations. Yeah. Love his, you're a, a fan or a follower. Yeah. Yes. Oh life-changing, like absolutely life-changing, was doing his work, was studying the subconscious mind, was practicing being the embodiment of the woman who has the results I want. So when it happened in my physical 3D world, it was still like, oh, there there was a, I actually had to ground myself because it felt so high energetically. It's hard to explain, but it did feel like wow, like this is really happening. I remember I had to go for a drive and just ground because it, it started happening so fast. And I, I, there is that moment where you're like, man, I've seen this happening in my mind, but wow, it's even my physical world is really cool. So I did have to go round, but it, it wasn't so unexpected that I like couldn't believe it um, because I'd been experiencing that level of worthiness and abundance and freedom in my body for in a very focused, um, concentrated way for a period of time doing that inner work. So it's 
I think you know that something's on its way because it feels natural and normal. And it's almost like an of course type of thing, even though it hasn't happened yet in your physical world, but you start to normalize it. And then from there, that's always how I know it's just a matter of time before it happens. Well, and a lot of things you've spoken about, the meditating, um, the manifesting, you know, just these things take time, right? I mean, it takes time out of your day. It takes time to commit to it. I can already hear in people's minds or listening to this, like, yeah, I don't have that time, right? And so there's this balance between here's the action I'm going to take and here's the time I need to take in order to create that reality that's in my future to, to create that success. So was that a struggle for you? Because I think so many women, so many of us are, it's the go, go, go mentality. It's the put your head down, get the work done, you know, and then and having to shift your mindset to investing that time into that inner work. How hard was that for you? Yeah, at the beginning, really hard. And I love that question. It's a great question because- I was addicted to busyness and action. I'm guessing a lot of people can relate to this as well because we're in a check the box type of society where the the more and the faster we can do things, um, the better. And a lot of my self-esteem was caught up in just checking the box and getting things done. Here's what's interesting though, is when I was just in that mode and I wasn't taking the time for things like meditation, like um, practicing embodiment or being an energetic match to what I want, that was when I stayed stuck. And no matter how hard I worked, I stayed at the same level. So again, this is where I think study and understanding is critical. Because if you knew that 95 to 98% of your results in your business and in your life were based on your subconscious programs and the identity and self-concept that you hold, would it not make sense to carve out some time every day to work on that self-concept, to work on that identity, to meditate, to connect? And again, everyone can do meditation differently. There's no right or wrong. Some people are like, I'm just going to clear my mind and that's fine. And I used to do that. I found a much deeper sense of, um, I found a much deeper connection to meditations like Dr. Joe's, where it is more about let's prune the old neural pathways of unworthiness or limiting beliefs, and let's cultivate new synaptic connections to help form a new identity of someone who does naturally and easily achieve the results you want. And so, so I meditate with that intention. So if you knew that that was 95 to 98% of it in your beingness was what was going to actually create the result and then the action was going to be 2 to 5%, would it not make sense to carve out 30 minutes or an hour out of every day if that same time is going to save you 5, 10, 15, 20 hours of mechanical check the box type of action? Like it's just math. Right. It's just that. But you have to understand the science behind it, especially if you're addicted to busyness and your body will fight you. Right. It'll it'll be like, Mm -hmm. I want doing things right now. I don't want to sit still. So it is a retraining of the body. But I think once you do it and you start to feel better and then you start to see things shift in your physical world where you didn't have to work so hard to get a result you used to think you had to work really hard for, then you start to get addicted. And you're like, I'm going to go in longer. 
right? I'm going to do this with more meaning and purpose because you understand what it's doing and you've seen the evidence in your life. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that if we can shift, I think sometimes or often we feel like if we're not putting time, energy, attention towards our business, it's wasted time. Whatever, anything else is wasted time. So if we can shift your mindset to say, this is putting your energy towards your business, right? Yes. Then maybe that will help a lot of women out there to say, okay, this make this a priority or this, like you said, if like I think once you can actually see it happening, like it's always so theoretical until you can see the results and they're like, oh wait, this shit actually works. Like maybe, we, you know, maybe yes. we should spend some more time on it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that, that's one thing, I'll, if I can just add on a, a little bit to that thing too, is this is the power of mentoring and being, you know, with a coach like you, like with that powerful energy is you want to, my belief is you want to hire mentors to learn not not necessarily a system, although that can be helpful, but you want to learn how they think. Mm-hmm. And when I when I and I work, I've worked with a lot of great mentors over the years. The one where I had this experience, I, I knew she was running a multi million dollar company, raising three little kids, right. and I heard it because I wanted to learn how she how she thought. And she told me she worked three to four hours a day running this company, and at the time I was working like eight to nine hours a day, making low six figures. So I was like, there's something different. And what she told me in this, it it pushed the limits of my beliefs. But she said, a belief I have is I actually make the most money when I'm having fun with my family. Mm -hmm. I was like, I love that. That doesn't logically make sense, but I'm going to borrow that belief and practice it. And so when I started practicing that and I dropped some of the guilt around spending time with my kids when it was like middle of the day or my one kid at the time, now I've got two, um, and started letting myself relax and enjoy things like vacations, like self-care. I found that the brilliant downloads that would quantum leap the business came in those moments where I wasn't checking the boxes off a to-do list. And again, it's that, what's that stretchy action you're going to take where one thing can quantum leap you, whereas... You could do, I don't know, you could do a hundred of the same old thing you've been doing, whether it's cold email outreach, whether it's, you know, posting on social, mechanically not inspired. So those moments where we allow ourselves to elevate and we allow our being to elevate and our energy to elevate, because you can only think to the level of your emotions when you feel tapped in, connected, grateful, you'll have ideas come to you to help you create more of that in your life. Again, this is science. So from that place, you'll have ideas come that will create, that will give insight to actions you could take in your business that will create a lot of gratitude, a lot of joy, a lot of abundance. So it's it's a rewiring and a shifting in understanding of how results are really created. Would you mind sharing a couple of your favorite thoughts that you tell yourself that seem illogical? Oh, wow, that's a good question. Okay, I love that. Um, so, uh, most of these, not most of them, all of them are like the opposite of what I used to think. Right, <laughs> yeah. So they, they seem illogical, right? At the time, yeah, they were totally. illogical. Yeah. yeah. I mean, one of them is the one about I make the most money when I'm spending time with yeah. my family. Like, so, I love that. Right. And it's really helpful, especially as a mom or just as a woman who's like, I'm done with the hamster wheel. I'm done with the rat race. And a lot of my community, probably a lot of your listeners too, they they may come from very masculine environments, whether it's finance, insurance, where it's just constant like 
hustle and grind and push. And so there could be a lot of resistance to that. But again, try it, test it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So all of this, like try it on for size and test it yourself. What other beliefs have I created? Um, I created the belief for myself that my clients chase me. I love and this was really yes. beautiful. <laughs> it's again, coming from that corporate uh, sales background where like I was constantly chasing clients and in mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm the hunt. I was in hunter roles where you got to go out and hunt and kill the dude. Yeah. And that was, I don't love that terminology anyway, but that was, it was that mode to shift into the energy of my clients chase me. Mm-hmm. It creates this, not that you're not doing outreach, but it creates this lean back type of energy where you're like, I'm really like, I'm not available to try to force someone to work with me. I'm not going to chase someone down who's not right. willing to go up for themselves the way they, they would need to, to work with me. Um, it's my, it like takes out that desperation. Yes. Yeah, like there's a very desperate feeling. I think sometimes we can, yeah. we can, that energy that comes, it comes across, even if we don't know it, it does. And it, yeah, you're like you said, it's kind of like leaning back and it's yes. more empowering and it's like, they're coming to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the non-attached, mm-hmm. which, which I understand can, be it was hard for me to get this at first because I was attached and I was ripping and I was like, oh, I feel like I have to like cater to my clients and and chase them. And not that we don't obviously like we I pride my team and I what we do in providing excellent service and taking great care of our clients as well. But we don't chase people yes. and we don't cross boundaries that are healthy boundaries for us to try to like coerce someone into working with. Like we don't mm-hmm. we don't do that. Um, and again, it's just like, what, what has the energy of chasing clients done for you? Have you ever had a lot of great sales come from chasing? Right. No, probably not. Or you were exhausted, depleted at the end of it and they weren't ideal clients anyway. So check is what you're doing working or is there another way? Um, so there's that. I I also believe my perfect clients do whatever it takes to play at my level, which is kind of variation of that. But what I mean by that is, I'm not the least expensive coach on the planet and that's okay. So for the right clients, they will do what it takes to rise up and to ascend to be able to work with me. Yeah. And if they choose not to, that's okay. But it's not it's not on me, it's on them and it's their choice. So really having I think that abundance mindset and that lean back energy um is so so powerful and it just it it allows your work time to be so much more productive because you're not gripping, you're not trying to force it out, you're in flow. Yeah. Does that, does that, do those examples help? Oh, I love them. Yeah. And it just like when I think of how this relates to productivity, I think there's so much, it's the mental drama, the mental drain, the brain drain, you know, this all relates to that. And I'm always talking to my clients about conserving your mental energy. Like that is what's going to get you through the day. You'll have better clarity, better decision-making, more creativity, better mom, better boss. You know, if you can conserve your brain energy and we spend so much time in that, um, that well, you, the energy of like, I have to have this. I've got to grind here. I've got to do that. I'm on to the next thing. Um, I've got to follow up. Like just so much energy and that spinning. I think it's like the spinning over and over yes. and it leaves us so depleted and exhausted and scattered and yeah. And what everything you're saying is just, it's like the opposite, but it's such a 
um, just like a mind fuck. Like you just got to like really get into your brain and reverse all these things that you're thinking. And it's, you know, it's not easy, but, but it's so powerful. And on that note, what, what is one thing if, if, I don't know if this is a fair question to say, what is one thing that someone could do, but is there something we could do immediately to change a thought or belief or to get more abundant? Because when, when you're in, when you are sitting in the reality of I've got bills, I've got kids, I have in-laws, I have a million clients breathing down my throat. Yeah. How do you, what is a step you can take to kind of get out of that sort of, you know, immediately? Like a a short-term thing. I know this is obviously, this takes time. This is work. This is, you know, this isn't an overnight process. But at the same time, there's little things we can do in the moment. For sure. Oh my gosh. No, it's such a great question. I think... (laughs) Can we, can we go a little, I think we can go a little quantum based on some of what you've, Um, it's when you're, you you use the phrase when you're sitting in the reality. Mm -hmm. Yes. The way that I look at it is when I find myself in a scenario that doesn't feel great, it's like, okay, in my current physical 3D reality, I notice that this is happening. Yet I also know that because I'm always creating in time lag, anything happening outside of me is old news right now. Mm-hmm. So whether it's got a bunch of clients breathing down my neck, uh, whether it's, I don't know, I'm going to pay all my bills this month, whatever it is, it's all the result because the physical always manifests last. It's always your thoughts and feelings that lead to your physical 3D reality. And it's the last step of creation. So whatever it is that you're experiencing in your world right now, it's old news. Now, the reason we perpetuate it is we give it too much attention and awareness and we we buy into it. We're like, oh my gosh, this is, and we we pump it with emotion and we get caught up in the drama of it. I love how you used the word drama before because it's like we get caught up in it. And because what you focus on expands, you just keep getting more of the same. And you're like, well, this is just how it has to be. No, it's not. No, it's not. And you can actually shift it quite quickly if you decide to recognize it for what it is, which is old news. So of course we, we, we have to navigate it. And if there's client responses that need to happen, there's that. So we, we navigate it and we deal with it, but we put as little energy as possible into it because we want to start connecting with that vision of where are you going next? So what I have my clients do is really look at how what they how they are showing up how that is creating the reality they're in right now and if they want to create a different reality how would they need to show up for that so we call this the old personality versus new personality tracker and it's something we created but it's it's based on a combination of work by a lot of great mentors um, you know Dr. Joe Dispenza Bob Proctor I'm an Abraham Hicks person so there's a lot in there too um that's contributed to this but I think this is where people get creating a new reality or manifesting a new reality messed up as they think, well, you just, you get what you want. You don't get what you want. You get what you are in life. So we want to really get clear on who are you being now and who would you need to be in order to create a different reality. And that, and that's going to be looking at your thoughts, your feelings and your actions. So we look at, I would look at for the new reality I'd love to create, whether it's, man, I'd love to have a $100,000 a month or man, I'd love to launch a business or I'd love to figure out how to do my work in three hours a day so I have more time with my kids. What would be the thoughts, the 
feelings and the actions that, to my best knowledge, someone would be taking who has that outcome. And I actually write it out like in a spreadsheet. I mean, it doesn't have to be complex, but in a spreadsheet. And then, and that's your, your new personality. Next to that, we just want to start to be aware of ways in which you're not yet showing up as that. So we want to start to write down and get cognizant of what are the thoughts I'm thinking that I wouldn't be thinking if I was there. Oh, I'm overwhelmed. Oh, there's not enough hours in the day. Oh, there's not enough money in the bank account. Mm-mm. We want to know those thoughts. But those aren't the thoughts that you'd be thinking if you were there, right? Or the feeling, right. the, the emotional addiction to overwhelm, to not enoughness, to unworthiness. Nope. You, so we want to write those down, but you'd be feeling what? Calm, peaceful, expansive, abundant, grateful. And then what are some of the actions that you're currently taking that someone where you want to go wouldn't be taking? Yeah. And then the work, this is the work, and this is where meditation is so powerful because you get to connect with this new version is daily connecting with that inwardly, but then also you're going to be given a lot of opportunities to practice being that person. So it's the process of metacognition. We start thinking about what we're thinking about and actively changing in the moment. And it can feel like you're doing mental gymnastics. If your brain is tired at the end of the day, you know you're doing it right. (laughs) You're not on autopilot anymore. Yeah. And it's a process and that's okay. But you'll start, the first step is you'll start to feel better. Mm -hmm. And the second step is you'll start to notice things are actually changing for you in your outer reality. Remember, we create in time lag. There's going to be a lapse. We don't know how long it is. That's okay. But your goal at the end of the day with any goal you want to achieve, it's because you want to feel differently and you can access that now just by practicing it. Yeah, I love it. Anyone listening, just go back and rewind and make sure you actually do that practice. Like, don't just listen to it. Like, do what she just said because that's gold and that's it. It's amazing. I absolutely love that practice. And my favorite takeaway today was the time lag and old news. Like I'm just thinking about it that way that you've created it. So it's already like, it's that I just love that whole concept that that, and to really have your brain to start thinking that way. This is old news. It's old news. It's a time lag. Yeah. So good. So good. Okay. We, I could, I could talk to you for hours. This is incredible. (laughs) Where can we get more of you? I know you have a book coming out. You have a podcast. Tell us all the things. Thank you so, so much. I so appreciate that. Um, yes. So we co-authored a book. Some of my clients and I co-authored a book that comes out January 17th. So by the time you listen to this, it will yeah. like already be out. <laughs> yeah. and it's, it's called Permission to be Powerful. So, um, you can get it anywhere. Amazon. Um, it's already available for pre-order now, but I so appreciate that. And it's a, um, it's a collective of, stories and takeaways and exercises from a group of women, myself included, who decided to give ourselves permission to be fully powerful. And how did that look? What happened? What can you do to step into your fullest power in your life? Um, so that's that's been a really beautiful and exciting project over this past year. Uh, she Sells Radio is my podcast, and uh, we have amazing conversations. I'd love to have you on to talk about productivity and, and just love Listeners love time and productivity and yes. all the yes. back we can talk productivity and also talk manifestation and mindset at the same time. Yeah. It's refreshing. So I love that. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I'm there. We'll do it. I love it. Um and then yeah, elisearcher.com is where everything else is. So thank you so, so much. Oh, you are so welcome. This was so much fun. I will obviously link to all the places. Everybody, please go like, follow, share, you know. 
just follow her because she's amazing. And if you enjoyed this conversation, let us know. Like, hop on the podcast, leave a comment, let Elise know. Let me know. I'm sure we'll be all over the socials. Like, let us know. Let's continue this conversation because it is, it's so worth it. You are so worth it. Like, you listening here, you are so worth more than you are right now, right? You deserve so much more and you have so much more potential and uh, she can absolutely help you get there. So thank you again for being here. Thank you so much for having me. All right, my friends, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. You found a ton of value from it. Also, if you like what you're hearing, you're gonna seriously love my emails. If you're not on my list yet, be sure to sign up at lifeisorganized.com forward slash resources you will quickly see why so many women who are juggling it all are showing up week after week. You'll learn how to get control of your time, your energy, and your thoughts. And you'll also get a personal behind-the-scenes look into my world. So come on over to lifeisorganized.com forward slash resources. Thank you so much for your listening ear, for showing up today. And I wish you the very best, and we'll catch you next time on Productivity on Purpose. Bye for now.